Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. Time for a short list of recent headlines that many folks may not have come across in their everyday reading, either in print or online. Here goes. Quote, Man paralyzed from neck down uses AI brain implants to write out text messages. End quote. Very cool. Quote, from IBM, our AI correctly predicts onset of Alzheimer's 71% of the time better than standard clinical tests, end quote. Possibly very cool. Quote, these algorithms look at x-rays and somehow detect your race, end quote. Not so cool. Quote, you got a brain scan at the hospital, someday a computer may use it to identify you, end quote. Definitely not so cool. All of which points to this headline from VentureBeat, quote, Thought Detection, AI has infiltrated our last bastion of privacy, end quote. And finally, quote, Kiss goodbye to privacy forever when brain-implanted comms gear becomes the norm, end quote. That last headline is a quote from Whitfield Diffie, he of the Diffie-Hellman Key Exchange, which is a big part of what makes it possible for us to do many of the confidential things we do online, privately, at least for today. As listeners have probably figured out by now, today's episode of The Electronic Cottage ponders the question posited by still another headline, this from Scientific American. Quote, Do we have a right to mental privacy and cognitive liberty? End quote. This is a real question these days. Off the top of our heads, we might immediately reply, well, of course we do. And that's a fair reaction. Then comes the next question. Where does it say that in our Constitution or in our laws? If you see it written anywhere, please be kind enough to send us an email and let us know just where. If we lived in Chile, we might have an answer since there's a proposed constitutional amendment and a new law pending there that would answer that question in a very specific way by defining brain information as personal data that is part of who we are as human beings and as such it should be considered organic tissue. That is a very interesting approach. We'll put a link to an article about it on the page for today's program in the Public Affairs Archive at www.weru.org. So why all these headlines all of a sudden, all of which we note are from 2021? The answer is probably because reading and deciphering brain activity on the one hand and manipulating brain activity on the other are all of a sudden not just the domain of science fiction writers or lately of academic eggheads or medical researchers, both of which have made amazing progress in both reading and manipulating brain activity. These days, deciphering and manipulating brain activity are also the domain of computer gamers, virtual reality geeks, and of course, the military. In a paper in APL Engineering in July of 2021 entitled, quote, Mind the Gap, state-of-the-art technologies and applications for EEG-based brain-computer interfaces, end quote. 
The authors point out that wearable electronic brain-computer interfaces, also known as eBCIs, quote, constitute highly appealing tools to enable large-scale collection of consumer biometric data for commercial research. During the past five years, various tech companies, including Facebook, Neuralink, Microsoft, and multiple dedicated startups have ventured into the development of BCI technologies. In addition, large government programs have been established to accelerate the emergence and implementation of novel neurotechnologies, such as the U.S. Brain Initiative and the Human Brain Project from the European Commission. End quote. In all of these cases, wearable BCI technologies are simply things that we can put on our heads like hats or helmets. Unlike the early experiments with brain-computer interfaces that work through implantable electrodes in the brain, these new BCIs are non-invasive. Computer gamers are working on models that they can put on and control the movements in their game simply by thinking of the movements. In a somewhat more destructive vein, soldiers on a battlefield will soon be able to direct armed drones with their thoughts through a wearable BCI helmet. Those are all examples of controlling objects using the brain. There are, of course, many more applications of what we might call reading the brain or understanding what another person is thinking through the use of the same sort of technology. There are many admirable uses of this type of technology, enabling, for example, someone who cannot move to generate messages that can be displayed on a computer screen through thought alone. But that is not why the likes of Facebook or Microsoft are interested in these technologies. This new tech has already spawned the subfield of neuromarketing. In the immortal words of Dave Barry, we are not making this up. In a paper entitled Toward New Human Rights in the Age of Neuroscience and Neurotechnology, end quote, published in Life Sciences, Society, and Policy in 2017, the authors observe that, quote, brain scans do not only allow to read concrete experiment-related intentions and memories, they appear even able to decode more general preferences. A U.S. study has shown that fMRI scans can be used to successfully infer the political views of the users by identifying functional differences in the brains of, respectively, Democrats and Republicans. Similarly, men's frequent preference for sports cars has been correlated with specific functional differences in the men's versus the women's brain. The possibility of non-invasively identifying such mental correlates of brain functional differences is of particular interest for marketing purposes." End quote. But neuromarketing is only one example of an old enterprise made new by neurotechnology. In a 2015 article in the Maryland Law Review entitled, Neuro Lie Detection and Mental Privacy, the authors remind us that once again, our laws are lagging behind our technology. From the abstract of that article, quote, New technologies inevitably raise novel legal questions. This is particularly true of technologies, such as neuro lie detection, that offer new ways to investigate crime. 
Recently, a number of scholars have asked whether neural lie detection testing is constitutional. So far, the debate is focused on the Fifth Amendment, specifically whether evidence gathered through neural lie detection is constitutionally admissible because it's, quote, physical, unquote, in nature, or inadmissible because it's, quote, testimonial, unquote, in nature. Under current Supreme Court doctrine, this Fifth Amendment debate is intractable, end quote. Interestingly, one provision of the proposed laws in Chile mentioned earlier would prohibit anyone from being forced or coerced in any way into allowing use of neuro-lie detection technology on themselves. All of this rather amazing development of non-invasive wearable brain-computer interface technology is, as one Star Trek episode put it, quote, going where no one has gone before, end quote. Some think we're going there largely blind in terms of ethics and law and human rights and are suggesting ways to remedy that deficiency while we still have an opportunity now in the beginning of what will undoubtedly be widespread use of this technology, potentially opening our deepest thoughts and even thoughts we ourselves don't know we have to outside observation and manipulation. And we'll take a look at some of those suggestions right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage. Yeah.